Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Current, uh, or excuse me, the Arlington Cinema Draft House Podcast, former Counterparents, with host Petey Steele. And your co-host, Elena Torres. And today, we have a big party of comics. They're going to be at the Arlington Draft House on October 27th and 28th with Dante Chang, good friend of the podcast. He's been on here a bunch of times. Please welcome Doughboy. Sean Dolan and Kiki. Yay! Yay! Hey, what up, though? How are you guys doing? Blessed. Happy to be here. How are you guys doing? We're good. We uh we brought you guys from LA. Nice early morning for you guys. Do you guys wake up around this time? This is 10 a.m. LA time. Or did you guys like just wake up to do this? Uh I have my Absolutely. son going, so. <laughs> yeah, I know, Kiki. I know you have kids, so I know that question doesn't apply to you. I know you've been awake for like five hours already. <laughs> no, I'm I'm definitely up early. So normally, I'm usually getting up around this time. So you guys are definitely special. I I made a special arrangement just to be up for you guys. Oh, thank you, Doughboy. Mm-hmm. You know we love you. <laughs> we, we love donuts sure. too. <laughs> love the wallpaper. <laughs> 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 It's inspiring to me. It inspires art. Donuts inspire art to me. <laughs> Hell yeah. What's your favorite kind of donut? Everybody shout out. What donut do you defend? I think I'm a, I'm a cinnamon roll type of guy. Just something about the middle of a cinnamon roll is the best for me. Is that a donut? A cinnamon roll? Of course. <laughs> yeah, wait. I thought you were... I, I was like wondering. I was like, is there a cinnamon roll flavored donut? But you think a cinnamon roll counts as a donut? Absolutely counts as a donut. I'm with Doughboy on this one. If it's restricted to the morning hours, it is a pastry consumed, then it's a donut. What? Yeah. You make them by the dozens. They come in dozens, right? Or is it no, it's six to a canister, half dozens. Yes. Yes, and they're delicious. The middle part is is second to none. I mean, I agree. They're delicious. Like cinnamon, listen, I was a fat kid in middle school, and cinnamon <laughs> was a big part of my journey. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue with a guy named Doughboy on what constitutes yeah, a yeah, donut. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> all right, Wait, so all I- right. So for Doughboy, it's a cinnamon. Sean? Uh, one of the cake ones, like an old-fashioned. I'll even go plain old-fashioned, honestly. It's a little weird, but... No, I'm with you on that. Yeah. And I wouldn't have been when I was 32, but at 42, that's the grown man selection. At 32, I would have said Boston cream, but like I'm getting mm. to be fat man, so I got to get restrictive. You know what I mean? Yeah, it shows maturity. Yep. Black <laughs> coffee, plain donut. There you go. Kiki, what about you? Krispy mm-hmm. Kreme glaze. Oh, okay. That's kind of oh, like that's, that's an old that's so ba- That's so basic. Yeah. It's delicious and simple. It tastes good. It tastes delicious. The problem with the Krispy Kreme ones is I feel like one Krispy Kreme donut feels like you ate nothing. Yeah. Like well, you air. Gotta, you like, gotta keep you gotta keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it's so light. Wait, so I want to go back into this. You said you were fat as a kid. Really? You don't strike me as somebody who ever used to be fat. Oh, I used to be fat. I, uh, puberty hit me really hard. I was fat from age 11 to age 15. It was like right after puberty happened. And 
I, I moved, uh, you know, we were in Spain when I was a little kid and I moved to Mexico and Mexico had a lot of like the American food chains around. So I was like really excited to be able to have like American fast food. And I really took it to the next level. And so I was like, and you can't find pictures of me in that time. Cause I also had a huge nose, huge, oh, wow. like problematic nose. Like I got it, to, I broke it twice. So I had a huge nose and I was fat and I had all, and I had braces. That's, that's why I do kind of like, I always, I always tell bookers, I'm like, you don't believe that I'm funny. I'll show you a picture of me in middle school. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I'll talk to you about cinnamon, bun, like cinnamon, cinnamon rolls. You know, I know all about like Taco Bell, even in Mexico. Like I used to love yeah. Taco Bell whenever I would come to the U S like that's how, that's the level of fat that I was. Wow. Hispanic person. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if that impacted your view on Taco Bell that you. Oh you well, know. now I, I mean I would never eat it now, and it's disgusting. But it's not Mexican; it's just, it, it was just delicious. Yeah. So wait, I, Elena, because I didn't even know this about you. So you, I knew the fat part, but I didn't know like okay, you came from America to Mexico, and you were excited because the American chains were there. You were in there all alone, like yo, Mexicans don't appreciate shit. I no, mean, no, 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 not from not from America. Uh, I lived in Spain when I was. A oh, 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 right, 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 right. But what's okay? So in so Europe, so you didn't have any of those foods. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, so I was in Spain. I was in Europe, was... and then I moved, and then I moved to Mexico, yeah. and. I just like went ham and it was right around like when I was a little kid, I could eat whatever I wanted and not gain weight. And it was like right around when puberty hit. Right. And it just, it just really went uphill from there. And then like, I went on a diet when I was 14 and I got my nose done and like everything changed. There you go. Hell yeah. Hell mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, it never leaves you. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in that stage of life, you know, it's like really like formative years. Like the fact that like it never leaves you. Oh no, never. Right. <laughs> with <your> <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I didn't get fat from it, but Taco Bell was really like a formative part of my brain during those years. It it'll linger with you, you know. It, it will. Uh, Taco Bell in particular. There's something in yeah. the chemicals. It, that's what it is. Yeah, it literally trigger something in your brain where yeah. I just have fond memories. I love it's, Taco Bell. Too I just much. had some Taco Bell the other day. I just had a Chalupa. It's something about the Chalupa shell that will never get old. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I kind of lost faith in Taco Bell. I don't know. During the um, pandemic, they canceled mm -hmm. the seven-layer burrito. And I was like, yeah, this that, is my... Uh, one healthy meal a week, you know. This is my colonic and shit. <laughs> I, I gotta eat like plain avocado. What the fuck, you know? Yeah, they had they had canceled the Mexican pizza for a little bit too. I was I was pretty upset about that. Yeah, yeah, I ain't with it. So, you guys, what's your like next stop prior to coming to the Arlington Draft House, comedy wise? What do we got on the agenda? I'm going to uh, Mike Drop Chandler, Arizona, with Dante okay. too. So yeah, we have four nice. shows next weekend actually. Yeah. Nice. Where's Chandler in relevance to like the rest of Arizona? You know, thirty minutes from Phoenix. Okay. 
Okay. Well, I've, I've never been there, but it, it's nice. They just had the Big Pine Comedy Festival there. So, yeah. And they have a mic drop in San Diego, and that's that's a great club. They just renovated it. Used to be Comedy Palace in Claremont. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really nice. That's it's all fantastic. Alice in Wonderland theme, all purple teacups. <laughs> nice, nice. So wait, right, so you're going with Dante. So do you guys, like, typically, I know Doughboy said before the program, like, this is his first time with this particular collective of you guys um, coming to do a show. But, I mean, like, Sean, is this, like, your first time with this crew? Or is this, how did y'all, like, link up? Uh, yeah, for me, I I think Kiki's been doing it, like, with Dante a lot longer. I mean, Dante just started uh, connecting with me several months back now, but, um, you know, because I've been, I've been doing comedy for about two years now, so. Uh, two he, years? He, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and Dante, uh, I guess, liked what he saw, and he wanted to uh, do some shows with me, and. Yeah, since then we've been kind of making it a routine thing. But wow, that's great. Yeah. Two years for Dante Chang to pull you in and say, Hey, come, you know, do this with me. That's pretty impressive. I gotta see what you're putting down when you get out of here. Yeah, this will actually be my first show outside of California. No way. So, yeah, yeah. So kind of a cool little thing for me personally. That's killer. Yeah, Dante, man, dabbles in so much stuff, too. I remember he had a clothing store out in L.A. for a bit. And then I'm in the sports card and memorabilia auction business now. And I was looking at the list of dealers for, like, the last national, just seeing who I know is going to be at this show. And boom, Dante <laughs> Chang. Like, what the fuck is going on? And uh -uh. think about a name like Dante <laughs> Chang. You know there's no other Dante Chang. In one of he's one of one. World. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, like an Italian Chinese man. Like, what the fuck is going on here? You know? And I called him up and he's like, Yeah, that was me, but I don't do that anymore. But he's just one thing, then on to the next thing, you know. Comedy is a big constant, though, I think, in his life. But that's it's amazing. He just nonstop. How about you, Doughboy? How did you link up with these guys? Uh, well, it's kind of like the same thing, like he was saying, like i uh been linking up with Dante for a couple years now. We had a, a food review show that we do called We Be Grubbing, where we basically go and we uh eat different foods and we kind of debate uh about them. So he had been, he's just been putting me on shows really for like last, probably like the last year or so. And uh, I think I've done one or two with Kiki, or, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he just kind of brought me on, you know what I'm saying? He and I are good friends. I do a lot of his shows over at Flashback, you know what I'm saying, at his uh his his club out in Sac. I mean out in, in, in here in LA. So uh he he told me, yeah, let's go out to DC, do a show, which is actually cool because I just sent my daughter out there to college. She goes to Howard. So oh, kind of gave me yeah, yeah, so it gives me a reason to go see my baby. It's actually her birthday today. So happy birthday to my daughter, Kiara, today. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Kiara. Smart <laughs> yes. daughter at Howard. Okay. <laughs> yes. yes. Wow. <laughs> Congrats to you. Thank that's you like, so much. That's like parenting, big parenting kudos. I mean, I've got yes. that's the I mean power. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm extremely proud of her. So yeah. So I'm excited to be coming down there for more than one reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Killer. Is she is she a freshman? 
She is a freshman. Yeah, she uh she's majoring in psychology and minoring in theater. So we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. Somewhere I in between. In theater. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. We'll you see did? what comes of it. I also majored in theater. Really? Because there was no film in uh, Seattle where I came from. So. Oh, you're from Seattle originally. Went to UW, so I, I majored in theater, and, and I had to do a lot of crew. You know, did you do a lot of crew? <laughs> Instead of acting, they make you crew lights, crew sound, crew, all that. Oh, crew. no, it was a lot of, I mean, where I went, it was, like, very, it was very just acting, and a lot of, like, we had to do a lot of reading, like, a lot of reading plays that, yeah, yeah, like, a lot of Shakespeare and stuff like that. Well, but, later, the USC, that's, like, the number one film school, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's up there for I did theater and film there. Yeah, it's it's up there, it's up there. It's it's, it's one of the good ones. So I know LA. I know I know where you guys are at. <laughs> Spend some time in LA. Don't worry about it. So Kiki, what brought you out to LA? Um, I was acting. I I, I was from Seattle. Did the drama theater major. I did. I had a one woman show, and then I moved to San Diego and then I was driving back and forth for auditions to LA. And then eventually after I had my, had my kid, I was like, I don't want to drive anymore. I'm just going to move. <laughs> I mean, driving from Seattle to LA. How many hours is that? I mean, that's from a, San Diego to, to LA. Oh, San Diego. Oh, about two, yeah, it's about two oh, hours. San Diego so I would just drive yeah. for like three hours for an audition for five minutes, take a piss and drive back down. It would be like five hours, like a whole day just for a five minute audition. That was crazy. But I did that like every week, you know. And, wow. then, and then I moved here, then I started doing comedy. I'm like, I don't want to go for auditions that far anymore. So, but mm -hmm. then pandemic, and then we just did the self tapes. But now I'm focused on stand up. Like, I just love it. So, yeah. So how long ago is that that you started then? Maybe six and a half years after okay. I met, I needed a new challenge. Yeah. So I was like, let me try the stand up. Because I did the one woman show and my agent's husband was like, you should try stand up. You, I think you might be great. But, you know, I'm an, I'm an immigrant from Hong Kong. So my English is second language. So I was so terrified to like, how do I be funny? Yeah. Just be me and with the way I speak. But comedy is great. You don't have to worry about, I could just lean into my accent when I get excited. It comes out, the Chinese accent. Yeah. Like, so it, it's great. Like, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Just just hone in on my act, you know? Just, how old How old were you when you moved here from Hong Kong? 12. Oh, okay. So like, you're, you really like, your formative year. I guess, like, what are formative yeah. years? A little kid? Yeah, like and, then, and then I had an autoimmune disease. And then it became like a, I had an eating thing, a whole whole thing and then I went in the hospital had nine packs of blood transfusion and so those formative years were jacked up like uh, yeah why you're funny uh -huh. yeah just like, me, just like me being fat you gotta have you, it can't go easy middle school and high school can't go easy oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah I would starve myself all day because I, I I got sick and I could my mom just fed me rice three times a day then she was like you're getting fat you, you're getting a little chubby you, you gotta do the squat so I that was the only Play. thing yeah, so I just binge eat at night, starve all day, binge eat all wow. day. Damn. <laughs> Damn, that's all I thought about was food, like food. That, that's all I could control, you know, because I almost died. So it was like, let me just get obsessed with food. And um, yeah. Crispy cream blade, baby. Let's go. Yeah. 
Costco chocolate chip cookies. Oh, those are delicious. Yeah, wow. I like them. Mm-hmm. Old school. Oh my God, I forgot about those. You put them in the microwave for a couple seconds, forget Ooh. about it. Fire. Forget yep. about it. I was going to say, Doughboy, do you approve with your donut background wall? Do you know about the Costco chocolate chip cookies? I absolutely know. I'm a Costco connoisseur. I love the Costco pizza, the Costco hot dogs, the chicken wraps, the, mm. the cookies, the rotisserie chicken. It's second to none, and it's the best price. Oh, the yeah. muffins? Mm, oh, my God. Muffins. That's muffins. It's like my childhood. There's Costco in my <laughs> Ice cream, too. Yes. Ice cream. Mm. Yeah, they don't lose on much. Yeah, Costco is pretty much undefeated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to get a membership back. I haven't, yeah. I haven't been to Costco in a long time. Yeah, I got a membership. I need to go back. I need to uh, stock up on some snacks for the studio. So I need to go there and get some stuff. There you go. There you go. What's up? Uh, we did donuts. That- What's everybody's favorite Costco snack? Ready, set, go. I'm going with their pizza. I love their pizza. Their pizza is fire. So I go pizza. Yeah, the pizza's good. I've never had a Costco meal, so I think my favorite property of theirs is their stock. I just like to get oh rich. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. I was going to say that you were already going towards a rich guy answer, but the stock's really... <laughs> oh my god shows i'm not rich i thought he was talking about like stock soup. for cooking yeah i, yeah, yeah, I thought like... he, yeah i thought he, i thought he meant the stuff like, in the Ooh, store. that lets you know yeah. that, lets you know, my, that lets you yeah, know like my there's an earthquake coming on the east coast come on wow <laughs> i didn't even know that they were publicly traded that's how they're expensive Check it out. It's like in the 500 range now. It's nuts. Makes sense. Yeah, I need to diversify. I need to diversify my portfolio. <laughs> there you well, go. Talk to me, bro. I mean, I, I have to give you the little fine print about how I'm not an official like guy or whatever, but I'll let you know what's good. There we go. <laughs> All right. So Petey likes the stock. Doughboy likes the pizza. Sean? I mean... I feel like it's a basic answer, but the hot dog for yeah. like a dollar fifty is, I mean, yeah. that's like the opposite of rich guy stocks, but <laughs> that's what I invest in. The gl- the glizzy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't 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 grimace like that. <laughs> I'm combating inflation by ordering those. It's, there you go. There you go. One step. Do my part. Out. Kiki, was it for you? Is it is it the cookies for you? Yeah, I like the cookies and the croissant. The whole pack, you know. Croissant, the croissant. Make it. Oh, so good. Eat it plain. Eat it with scrambled eggs. Delicious. Whatever in there. Turkey slices. Delicious. (laughs) Yeah, you can. What about you? What's your favorite snack? I think it's the cookies. Or okay, tell me. Maybe this is like maybe this was a thing in Mexico. They had like. They had like, they were like mini, they were frozen, like mini hot dog, like bagel bite things that you could get at Costco. Did you guys ever have those? And you can put them in the microwave, but they were like mini hot dogs and they were frozen. Like pigs in a blanket? Kind of, but I think they were, they were, I think the outside was like bagel bread. And then the inside was like a mini hot dog. And they were just frozen microwave things. And those things were 
so delicious. Mini oh, hot dog bagel bites. I think they were like, yeah, they were like mini, they were like mini hot dog. Were, I mean, this is how you know I was a fat kid. Like, how, fat of a snack, how fat of a snack is that? And you could have like, and you know, you'd make yourself like six or six or seven of those things or like little mini hot dogs. Delicious. That's fat girl artisanal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> those could have changed what? Kiki's life. Yeah, like exactly. In middle school. Totally pop them. <laughs> <laughs> so we have three we have three at least three parents in the room sean do you have kids no no i, I do not loser I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with that <laughs> so boy how many kids i know you said your daughter's here at howard is that your only kid that's yeah. I'm just one. I just one and done, man. I I don't know if I'm ready for any more. I'm 44 years old now. She's in college. I'm just like I don't. You know, a part of me wants a son, but I'm just like I ain't starting over. I I think I'm good. So yeah, just one for me. Kiki, what about you? I have one son. He's eight. Okay. But I want a girl, but it's not happening. I think I'm traveling too much. And it's the stress. You know. Two two is like I have two. Two and my my younger one who's nine months two is next level. You look great. Nine months. Thank you. You still nursing? No, no. I'm 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 sleeping now. I didn't. We couldn't be. He was in the hospital for a while, so I couldn't breastfeed him from the beginning. So he's been formula the whole time. But I'm sleeping. I mean, the problem with comedy is like they wake up early in the morning no matter what you do. But you guys know about that. Oh, absolutely. But. But uh, yeah, I'm sleep. I'm sleeping. But I'll tell you one thing: like from one to two, I felt like once you have one, it won't make a difference. The second one, it makes a big difference. How far are they in age from each other? Three years apart. Exactly. Okay. They both have yeah. They both have birthdays that like basically the same week in December. So they're exactly three years apart. So it's not like I had to like double stroller it or any of that crazy shit. But like two makes a difference. Gotcha. Mainly on those stocks, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to liquidate for the formula. I got gotcha. you. It's true. Expensive. It's true, especially with inflation. It's crazy. Back when I worked at the grocery store 20 years ago, like you couldn't stop anybody for shoplifting or you'd get arrested for like assault. But the only things in the store we'd have cameras on were baby formula and pampers. That's pretty fucked up, actually, when you think about it. That's the one thing that people should be allowed to steal. <laughs> <laughs> like, if people pass, are stealing... Yeah, yeah. Like, if, like if you're going to pass on anything, like, if you're going to look the other way, is it going to be, like, for a Butterfinger or for baby formula? formula. If someone's stealing yeah. baby formula, I feel like it's, like, give them a pass. Well, right. you know, they had cameras, but you still couldn't do nothing. And, like, the cashier working next to me was like, you know that lady who always comes in and leaves, like, 30 pounds heavier or whatever? And I was like, yeah. She's like, she lives in my neighborhood. She sells the shit once she gets to the hood, you know? And I was no, like, oh, like, formula black market? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, for real, how do you know? She's like, because she sold me a 72 pack of Pampers for $10. She's like, I wasn't passing it up. <laughs> Like, all right, Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, I heard they did that in China too. They would sell the formula. You know. 
Wow. Formula black market. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably going on where I grew up. That's probably going on in Mexico. There's a lot of kid, a lot of people having kids, but I've never heard of a formula black market. Oh, <laughs> there's gotta be. I mean, if you're trading kids, you gotta be able to trade formula, you know. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> what spin so speaking of stealing, okay. I gotta tell you guys, on the East Coast, everybody well, one. Everybody here loves to talk shit on California. Oh, shit. Wait. Dante Chang is here. Hey. Got a surprise guest. He just bam, woke bam, up. Bam, 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 bam. Whoa. All right. Dante, Dante. started. Where you at? Dante Chang has entered the chat. Or maybe not. I'm here. Can you oh, hear there me? he is. Oh. <laughs> well, sorry, guys. I just woke up. Good yeah, we, we know, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 what up, man? What's going on? What's going on with everybody? Not much. You know, I was telling everybody before this, Dante, I'm obsessed with that with that stealing joke you put up. That's so mm -hmm. funny. Thank you so much. That's so funny. But when you use the mic and everything and using the whole stage, I was like, that's so good. That was at yeah, the, the subject of stealing. So you came yeah, in. Yeah, we were actually. Well, that's what I brought. That's I was just doing a little tie-in with that. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for saying that. Let's uh let's all steal something when we're back there. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> is it true? Okay, I was saying, like, people on the East Coast love to talk shit on California no matter what. Is the crime in LA as bad as everybody says it is, or no? What do you guys oh, think? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I guess because it's gonna report. I don't actually see it, but it happened by the mall by our house. Like me and me, Doughboy and Sean, we all live close to each other. And the mall by our house, and the same thing that happened in that video happened at the mall by our house too. It happened in Beverly. It's happening all the time because you don't go to jail if the item is less than nine hundred fifty dollars. So you can literally go into a store right now if whatever you steal is under nine hundred fifty dollars, you're okay. So guys, let's, let's wow. take advantage of this. Wow. No. And they and they got it set up too now in LA to where if you get in trouble, if you get arrested for something, you don't have to pay bail to get out. They just let you out and then you go to your court date. So wow. now it's just no more bail. It's just you do something, you get out, and then you mm -hmm. just go to court whenever your date is. So and then what happens when you don't show up to court? You don't lose bail. Do they put out another warrant for failure to appear, catch you for that, and put up no I bail? It's it's the it's the wild wild west out here these days, wow. man. It's, it's wow. You really need to go to LA and feel some shit. Wow, it's, 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 it's wild out here right now. Is the nine hundred fifty based on MSRP? <laughs> <laughs> write this down. <laughs> uh. <laughs> It's like if something's buy one get one free. Does that how does that work? You know, that, <laughs> are you going off that price or? Sean finding the loopholes for his stealing. <laughs> like, all right. He's trying to figure this out. I mean, this economy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thing with me is like when I steal, it's not even for the item. It's for the adrenaline rush of stealing. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that that 950 doesn't really impact you, you know. No, not at all. You know, like I I went to a Groupon game, a football thing a while back. It was JMU versus West Virginia, and of course JMU's getting blown out into the first quarter. So me and my guys are like, "Fuck it, we're getting out of here." We get in the parking lot. There's all these like drunk tailgaters passing out, and all these cornhole boards and coolers and grills so we pull the van up and just start loading up whatever you know hit the road and they're like well Petey, what do you want your take to be you don't drink or anything like you can't take the alcohol what do you want the red bull and i'm like i just want to unload go back and start stealing more shit like that was the payoff for me you know what i mean that says a lot about you that you rather steal from individuals. Like it's feel like it's different from a store. Like I feel like it's easier to feel less guilt from a store. He's like, no, I'm, I'm straight up stealing. Are you calling me a piece of shit for not to, uh, taking corporations down? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just called you a piece of shit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Stockholder at Costco, I would never fucking. Yeah. <laughs> I am so about. Wait. So wait, Dante. We were asking them. You know, how they all hooked up with you. Like, you're bringing all these people to Arlington. You're taking, you know, these comics on the road. Like, tell us a little bit about what made you pick the three people that are here with us today. They're, they're all different. Um, they're all different. I mean, it's, it's God, it's, we're going to be here to like, you guys got like three hours. Like, it's a long, it's a long thing. But I mean, first of all, I believe in all three of them tremendously you know and um i think they're all just they're all like they're all like they're all they could all they all have the ability to smash uh they, they're all they're all really like they're all good people that like they're all, i have this new thing where like i, I want to like i want to surround myself around really nice people because i've gone through headaches where people are entitled and people just just wear me out by doing that where and it's like all right but if i could get the same thing from nice people and then, so I've been selective, and I feel like I'm. And they all, they all meet that. They're all really nice people. They're all really funny. They all do. They all do consistently well. So I said, all right, now I feel like, I feel I felt really good. You know, there are people that you you could be around too. They're all they all have good hearts. They all they're all they're all. I mean, they're all kind of they're all different, of course, but in that way, they're all similar. Where they they just they're just good people, and they all mean well. They do well and and fun to be around each and every one of them. So, you know, so yeah, that other than that, you know, I, I mean, I could go on, but like, cause they're all individuals. So if I, if I go individual, then man, it's going to take a really, really long time, but I, that's, I'm trying to generalize it as much as I can. Cause it's like, it, it, it's, it'll be really tough. And um, yeah. That makes good sense. Yeah, it does. It does. And, you know, I people don't realize how shitty people in comedy can be, you know, and finding a good person in comedy, like people listening to this are probably like, yeah, okay, like, of course, you're going to hang out with good people. But in comedy, that's a really tough thing, because there's a lot of selfish nurses. Of shit. Of shit. Yeah. A complete. That's why Kiki's smiling, because she knows. She done ran into some bullshit. Kiki just had a big ass smile on her face. Because she knows she done ran into some bullshit. You know, because yeah. we all do, you know? But I mean, out of everyone, I think Kiki's the one that's ran into some bullshit like God. Because Kiki also produces. So when you I think if you produce, you run it, 
You see the real ugly in people sometimes. Uh, producing's a fucking nightmare, huh? Yeah. Fuck yeah, Kiki, man. Kiki, talk to us a little bit about the bullshit you've seen. You don't have to name names, but... The bullshit I've seen? Oh, my <laughs> God. I, I run my show Crazy Vocations. So that's how I hooked up with Dante because I was like, who can I book that's funny that is not like a typical Asian? And I, I was like, Dante Chan. So, uh, but yeah, bullshit. Oh, it's a lot, especially from, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of Asians. Um, really? Because <laughs> you book Asians. Yeah, in fairness, those are the, if those are the only comics you're booking. <laughs> I mean, I book some other people sometimes, like for my Kiki funny mama show mostly female but though they're pretty cool the females i mean for that show has been because i've been i got real picky who i work with but with the crazy walk asians i've been booking more guys lately so um the bullshit it's just competition like you you help them they just act like they're entitled like dante say they and then they they go crazy on the craziest things some some people say like one one said that I lit them on their punchline. I don't even light people. You know the light guy lights people. You know what I'm saying? That was like I was like, how fresh are you? Like how green? You 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 think I like like why would I book someone, put them up on a big show, and then try to sabotage you? It doesn't even make sense. But right? also the light is not based on your set. The light is based okay. on minutes. The light's based on minutes, so you're going to get the light whenever. It doesn't mean get off because it's your punchline. It just means that, you know, you have two minutes left. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, and then... What an idiot. And then it's like, idiot. you got 10 minutes, so that's that's it. It's not me. Like, yeah. Just, just yeah. a lot of crazy things, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I let it go. I for, try to forgive. <laughs> forgive no. and never forget. Forgive, I'm, never forget. I'm a Scorpio, you know. I don't forget, but um, yeah, bye. <laughs> There's yeah, so many exactly. comics out there, you know. I, I, I know, I know a good story about Kiki. I know a good story. I, there's a there's a group of comedians, Asian comedians, sad to say. So they kind of like Kiki helped these these group of comedians tremendously. Gave them shows, paid them whatever. It was really good to them. And um, and then this other comedian, this other comedian, this other comedian that comedian. Kiki had a problem with. We're not gonna say any names, Kiki. Don't worry. They had issues, and then this group of comedians kind of acted like, like, like they would go to this other comedian and talk shit about Kiki when Kiki did nothing to them, right? Wow. And then, and now, and, and now that comedian has dropped them. Now they have no shows because you you had no sense of loyalty, whatever. I was always like, you, I always told Kiki, Kiki, I'm riding with you. I don't give a fuck how hot somebody gets. I don't give a fuck what kind of how lucky they got. It doesn't really matter to me. If you're good, if you're good to me, I'm gonna be good to you. I don't care who the fuck sees sees that that we're cool because to me, I think to me, I think loyalty just just creates longevity. No matter what, you know what I mean. Like especially, I think for some reason, I believe if you're if you're if you do someone wrong that did nothing wrong to you and actually extended themselves to you, I do believe God will kind of like give you the payback on that. You know what I mean? Karma's a bitch. Karma or God, whatever the fuck that is to you, is going to come back and just bite you in the ass. And it, it already has for these motherfuckers because they, they're just not working anymore. I've seen them in, now they're audience members trying to get all back on, wow. looking, sad in the, looking sad on the sidelines. They can't even get in the game anymore. You know they're yeah. just like, oh yeah. oh oh what do we do now? Even uh we, you know we thought we were doing something smart by uh you know siding with because I, I believe it don't don't pick sides 
but also stay loyal and stay loyal to the people that looked out for you. Yeah. I believe me and Kiki have done great work together since then because like I just stay loyal. I just I just stay loyal because everything has um in time everything kind of like reveals itself. You know what I mean? And then like so yeah. like the, now now this group of people they're just they're just suffering. They're literally suffering because they, they just have nothing. They just have no work and just no no and no also because they because people are aware of what they did, they also nobody really wants to mess with them either because they're like, oh, you guys are you guys are pieces of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you guys bit the hand that fed you and and and, and thought it was funny and, and and acted shitty toward the situation. And now where you at now? Where yeah. you, at? you don't even, you don't even <laughs> gotta say no names, Dante. All we gotta know is that you and Kiki are the only two Asians I'm ever gonna book again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But I feel like, tell me this, because you guys are in LA, right? And we see this, we have people in DC that like, you know, P and I have been doing this for a little bit. So there are people from DC now that are starting to blow up. But I feel like in LA, it's more in your face where you see comics who one minute ain't shit. And then the next minute they start to blow up. Talk about how you've seen people react in that sense. Because especially now with things going viral, like, look at somebody like Matt Wright and his he's really blown up like in the way that he has in a year you know so you're seeing more and more people who are blowing up really quickly how have you seen some of the reactions to that in the LA comedy scene honestly a lot of jealousy yeah. people get people people don't I mean people people get jealous or, or they kind of like critique their comedy instead of like supporting that like I, I, I'm happy for Matt Wright I mean I always think I think he's a cool guy like we did it. We actually did a show a year, about a year ago, and I remember he was like not in a good place. And all of a sudden, one video goes crazy, and now he's one of the biggest comedians, pretty much that exists in, in at least in America. You know, like. Totally. And I think that's. I think it's beautiful. I mean, his jawline helps him a little bit. He's very handsome. He's good at crowd work. You know, like, and that's what's kind of like works for the internet right now. So mm -hmm. I can't really, he, he kind of just fit that. It just all kind of like, it was a perfect storm for him. And also, I also heard this thing where like, he was about to move back home because he was so frustrated and kind of like, I don't know if he was going to quit, but that's what I heard. And um, so sometimes it's weird because there's stories about people, they kind of pop right when they're quitting or about to quit or like, it's weird. I think there's an energy there because while you're pursuing it, you you oh, desperate. Part of you desperately wants this thing or, or feels like it's going to make you feel better. And, and they said the minute you let that go, it all, all kind of happens for you. But I mean, and, and that's where Matt Rife was, I know, emotionally, because he wanted to he wanted to quit or he wanted to move yeah. back home and say, hey, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to re rethink this whole thing. And, may, and, and then once you that's him letting go. So I guess that's guys, I guess we all got if you really still want to make. Get to that next level, you gotta let go. I guess it's tough though because you put in you put in a certain amount of work, and they say what they say put in effort. I, I was actually watching a video last night on this. They say put your effort in and then surrender, surrender the uh, surrender the outcome because because wanting something so bad, they said you barely get it. It's always it's uh, it seems like it always comes to people that are kind of just going through the motions it, 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 cheerfully almost. You, you know what I mean. Yeah. They just yeah. enjoy the, they're enjoying so, the process, you know. But well, I mean, 
Yeah, kind of on that same vein, like PD, I'll never forget. You told me in my first year of comedy, and I always tell you this, you said it's a lot harder to quit comedy than it is to start. Yep. I feel like that's the energy that you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like letting go in comedy is really hard. Yeah, 100%. There have been many times I've wanted to, you know, give it just the fuck up. And I'm not even doing it like as much as I did at one point right now. But something keeps me in there. And, I, you know, I just leave the results to whatever, you know. And we'll see. Maybe my carelessness will make me an international superstar. <laughs> uh-huh. So what, what about you? Have you seen what have you seen with people like in that LA scene with the blow up on the come and just like you have that fame like right in front of you? Like how has that do you think affected affected you, affected the whole LA scene in general? No, it's kind of like the same thing that Dante was saying. Like I think I've seen a lot of jealousy, you know, with different comedians. Like in addition to Matt Rife, I've seen people like, you know, Akash Singh or even uh, Nate Jackson's a good friend of mine. They've kind of blown up, like, you know what I'm saying, around the same time. And I think what comedians try to do is they try to quantify it and, and give the reason why they blew up. Like, oh, well, they blew up because they did this or they did that. And it's just like, no, they they worked their ass off and they, they got into the position where they're at. So, you know what I'm saying? I just think it's just really all about just like a marathon Mind state. Like I actually know, you know what I'm saying, Matt Rife as well. You know what I'm saying? I work with him on Wildin' Out. You know what I mean? So just to see him kind of get his his, you know, his shining right now, it's just it comes from years and years. I remember going on the road with Matt Rife like back in 2014, 2013, so almost 10 years ago. So, you know, he's been working for a really long time. So I'm just super excited for for anybody who can kind of push through that process and get to the other side because you know, it's motivation for cats like myself. Like, even though I've had a, you know, a level of success, I'm just like, hey, I can see it going to the next level because I see, you know what I'm saying, my peers doing it as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And Sean, what about you? Because you said you, you know, you've done comedy only in California. Like, you've only been in that scene. I I would think that starting in LA is so intimidating because it's so much more competitive. Like, how have you navigated through that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I feel like it is. I, I don't know too much of the other scenes even. Like, I, I mean, I've gone up to the Bay Area a couple of times now, but um, I mean, it's the same on all levels too with the jealousy and stuff like that. With, I mean, I always think it's dumb. I've only been doing it for two years. So like just hanging around open micers and stuff and hearing like, oh, how did they get a special and all that? And like, yeah, what are they doing? It's like, I don't think I've heard you do 10 separate minutes of worth of material, (laughs) you know, like sometimes people get too caught up on that, like worrying about other people. It's like, I just kind of focus on yourself and your craft and, you know, improving that because otherwise, I don't know, the people that I feel like I hear the scene usually complaining the most about who's doing well are usually showing the least amount of growth, Yeah, you know. Yeah. And how are you able, cause okay, now you're on tour with Dante two years in, like, that's amazing. Like, how are you able to crawl through it? Cause I'm guessing you guys can all tell me, I'm guessing like early LA comedy is like early New York comedy. That's more a reference where you're just doing open mics in front of rooms of just other comics. It's real, like yeah. super depressing, very hard. And it, that's a really hard sort of feeling to get past. 
right? When you're just in that open mic, like how did you get past that ceiling? Is that is that one for me or that's one for you? That's one for you. And everybody and everybody else can chime in. But yeah, that's one mainly for you. Um I think just kind of being around and just consistently going to places and stuff, you know, just people kind of saw I was taking the joke writing seriously and whatnot, you know, even though it is really competitive, I feel like that is a difference is, you know, being consistent and working on old jokes, bringing in new stuff to like kind of just showcasing that you're not just being one dimensional and stand out. Um, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, obviously I still do do those mics where it's an empty room of just, you know, comics on their phones, but I think that's, that does help in a weird way too. Yeah. That's part of what makes you better. Did the rest of you guys ever go through that phase? Ever go through that terrible open mic comedy phase? Honestly, this is like the wrong group to ask that to. Cause like, I I mean everyone here honestly I think has been pretty fortunate, you know. I mean Sean too, Kiki too. Kiki Kiki, what what's admirable about her so much is that she kind of willed her own way, you know. She like she just she like she she started producing and then you know had to still work on her craft all while raising a child, which I think is very very respectable and like commendable. Like that's just crazy to me because it's already difficult when you just have the comedy part alone. So yeah. and then and then Sean and Sean and myself have a similar thing where like somebody kind of like start booking us early and giving us good stage time early. Like even before I booked him, he he had he already got booked by the improv. Like I think how how, how long were you in Sean before you got booked? Uh, it was like six months. Six wow. months. Yeah. Actually, me and him, have, we have identical. I got booked my first six months of the, by the improv. So it was both. That's just it. it, it you know what though? This is the thing though with you guys in DC. DC improv has one improv. We have what five, four or five. So yeah. like, it's just your chances are easier here. It's more likely you're gonna get. I mean, you know, with five clubs, obviously, but also there is a ridiculous more. You know, there's a ridiculous amount of comics here too. So I guess you can maybe say it's about the same. I, I, I mean, it's hard for me to calculate because I, I, Bobby Lee took me on the road my first year at DC improv, my first year too. So. It's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what's easier. I guess we've been fortunate. And Doughboy has been, you know, he he hit it early too. So I got to say that I don't think this group really struggled early. You know, any of us really. We, we've had a we've had a very um, fortunate ride, all of us, you know. I, I mean, love how Kiki is over there laughing. She's like, I struggle, just the different type of struggle. I mean, I try to go with some some open mics, but I, I had a kid. I couldn't bring So when I start producing, yeah. then I'll work on my stuff and I host it for the first few years when I did the show. And then and then I would take like intensive cl- classes just to keep writing. And then I, mm-hmm. I do bringers. Most of the time I did bringers just to because like the open mics was was tough for me to get to. Yeah. And, and then I forced myself to do an hour and then I just booked a place and kept running it and that's really that's when I really got better I feel like doing more time stretching myself and just mm-hmm. making that pressure like you got to do it and then just do it but, but I don't think you did it that way like you took more of that you know which I think is what comedy's become anyway you just took it into your own hands yeah because you know? with so- acting 
I acted for 15 years, auditioning, auditioning, trying to, oh, I'm going to make it, you know, but it didn't quite happen the way I wanted it to. So with comedy, I'm just more careless about it. Like it's, it's fun until it's not. So I yeah, think totally. it works for me actually that thinking that way. Cause I, I just like, I don't have the energy now, especially, you know, you're a mom to be like, I want it so bad. I, yeah, I want it, but no, I have my kids. So I'll be, yeah, you have other, it does take you having kids takes you out of yourself and out of that sort of career obsession. Cause you get home and it's like, home is busy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have time to think about all that other stuff or get mad at people getting famous real fast. I, I feel like, Oh, wow. They're, they're doing well. I can do well too. Like Doughboy said, inspired. But Doughboy, your face was like, I struggled. Come on, tell us what, what, how'd you? Nah, I definitely, I definitely have had my struggles. You know, I've been in LA since 09. So, you know, when I first got to LA, you know, I'm from Sacramento initially. So I, um, I booked, I didn't get wilding out until 2012. So that yeah. was a tough three years. You know, and then even getting on Wildin' Out, like it's something that hits in your mind, like, oh, I made it now. I'm a I'm a huge superstar. But then you know what I mean? Like once the season's over, it's back to reality. It's back to, you know, to everything. So even with the different things that I've done, like with all depth and you know, just different things that I've done, there have been those moments uh in between where it definitely feels like a, you know, a struggle. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm still not above an open mic, like I still pay the five bucks to do the five minutes, you know, just to work on the content. So, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's never a point where you quote unquote make it. I think the point where you make it is just where you, you get to do what you love for a living at whatever level that is for you. You know what I mean? And so I just feel like in that sense, we've all made it. So 100%. And I know what you mean. Like TV is funny that way where people, a lot of people think, Oh, once you get that TV credit, it's over. And it's not like that. Like I used to do Mexican soap operas. And I remember like, I was never like the star of the show. I would just, I would just be on it. But like, we all know what that kind of stuff pays. Now maybe people do more because of the strikes or whatever. But I remember once I went on an airplane and I was like in the back in coach and the people next to me recognized me from a telenovela I did. And they were like, what are you doing here? I was like, you think they pay me enough <laughs> to go to the front? <laughs> nah it, it definitely people will look at you a certain type of way and getting noticed when you're in compromising position just sucks like you know what i'm saying when you're just out getting milk maybe got a mustard stain on your t-shirt and somebody's like hey i know you from yeah. da -da 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 -da. it's like yeah yeah hey how you doing there <laughs> so. yeah it's crazy and people, <laughs> people forget in this game you know what i mean like you can be on something and everybody knows who you are one second and people forget really quick very quickly <laughs> and it's time it's you know that's why like you need resilience to be in this but well nobody really i'm sure also while oh, and i also trained you pretty well because i feel like you have to be like really think on your feet a lot for that show right Oh, yeah, it's a very competitive show. I mean, and even, even though it's like a family-like structure and everybody wants the best show, I mean, everybody's trying to shine yeah. as well, too. So you got a bunch of really, you know, competitive people up there. And, you know, you're fighting for TV time. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's a TV show. So it's a 30-minute show, which is weighted down to 22 minutes when you really weight it down. You know Nick Cannon's going to, you know what I'm saying, get his, you know, his his time. You know the the guest host is going to get their time. So then you just got eight other people 
that's fighting for that that remaining, you know, 10 to 12 minutes or whatever it might be. So you got to come out with your best stuff all the time. So it's 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 definitely competitive. Oh yeah. Yeah, we can imagine. So you know, we had Jacob Williams on here, and I remember him saying the same thing. And not to mention, like they have like real battle rappers on there, Hitman Hop. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. In them, and it's like I couldn't ever face one of them. And I used to battle rap. It's insane. Right. You used to battle rap? Yeah, I'll send you a link, sure. Wow. Well, no, that's that's crazy, like, with Jacob, because I came on with Jacob. Like, you know, we came on the same season. But the thing that always worked about Jacob, I always got a lot of respect for him. He never breaks character. He's always him. Like, you know what I mean? So he's always – he can say the most random shit, but it's going to hit because he says it in his voice, and he never deviates from that. I love that about him. Like, he he stays true to that deadpan delivery every single time. Yeah, we we loved him. We also love you guys. What else? What other tour dates do you guys have other than Arlington Draft House on October 27th, the 28th? Uh, Tell them, Kiki. What other tour dates do we have? October 6th and 7th. Uh, Mike Drop Chandler. Yeah. Chandler, Chandler, Arizona. Mike Drop, October 6th and 7th. Yeah, four shows. Four shows. October 5th, I'll be at the Epic Event Center in uh, Rancho Cucamonga doing some stuff, so you guys can check me out there. And then I'll be out there in, in VA toward the end of the month with you guys. Awesome. Can't wait to meet you guys. This has been a pleasure. Likewise. Yeah, we want to thank everybody for coming on. I'm going to say the date again so you people don't forget. October 27th and 28th. Come see all these great comedians we've had out here. Dante Chang and the Hollywood All-Stars. Anybody else you guys want to tell them, where can they find you guys on social media? Where can they find any of the stuff you've got? Let them know. Uh, you can find me at I am Doughboy, I-A-M-D-O-B-O-Y. I'm on, on all social media platforms. You can find me at I am Doughboy TV at YouTube. So follow me there. I got a lot of dope content coming. And uh, I appreciate you guys for having me. Um, you can find me at Kiki K I K I Funny Mama, or at Crazy Woke Asians. That's the show I produced. That's the one we're doing in uh, Arizona. Um, yeah. Uh, Dante Chang. That's it. D A N T E C H A G. Pretty much everywhere on TikTok. I'm Dante Chang one. Um. Oh, I got an OnlyFans too, you guys. <laughs> you right. I can't tell if you're kidding or not. I'm dead serious. I did the comedy for them, and it's under the contract that you have to open the OnlyFans. Right? How is that, by the way? Is that helpful? I always thought that OnlyFans would work really well for comedy. Well, you yeah. know what? We we, we got paid six thousand dollars for fifteen minutes. What? Yeah, which is cool. Getting an OnlyFans. And, and then, wow. <laughs> and then you know what I you know what I did, and I stole. I think I sold like four videos. I mean, I only did it once. I got. I want to try it again. I literally put a video on and said, this video is, like I said, this video, I say it's so inappropriate, it could get me canceled. And then I charged 20 bucks and people were, well, I sold like, I think I sold like four videos. What? You know, like, yeah, four people paid 20 bucks just to view it. I mean, I have, I think I have like 2,000 followers on there and it was like, st- I mean, still the ratio is crazy, but it's still, I got paid 80 bucks or like whatever to just like post a video, you know? So it was kind of cool. You could. Ch- I, I need to charge less next time. Maybe if I charge like five bucks or three dollars, 
I'll get a better response. But I try to charge 20 to see what happens, to see how much people would yeah. like. And then people bit. And it's, the joke is 40 seconds long. What? Yeah. Hell it's yeah. A joke. You're not like right said fretting out there in your birthday suit like Dante Chang. None Don't of that. Just, just the mic. Just the mic. And I just say something really fucked up. <laughs> you know? Nice. Yeah. Perfect. So, nice. It works. So, I mean, try it sometime. It might yeah. work. Hell yeah. yeah. Wow. There we go. You're changing lives on this podcast, Dante. All right, PD, anything anything you want to let the people know before we go? Uh, no, just to keep listening to our podcast. I'm sure I'll have dates pretty soon. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks to everybody for coming on. Yeah, you guys can find me at Elena Blondita, and you can see all my shows on there. Thank you so much to everybody for coming on the podcast. And we will see you soon. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you. Bye. Thank you.